Hello. Buenos días o buenas noches o buenas tardes. It's absolute chaos. Joined by your other awesome host, Novi and Matter. No, I'm just kidding, guys. Hey, how's it going? It's Novi and Matter. Thank you so much for joining us this week again on Universal Talks with Harmony and Chaos. If you are joining us brand new here, welcome to this episode of which we are going to randomly improvise because we tend to do that with each and every episode. And you know what? That's okay because usually it's the conversations that come out of nowhere that are the best to be had. Isn't that right, Chaos? Hell yeah, that's right. Me sitting over here in Louisville, Kentucky, having insane, intense cravings of Rice Krispies for some reason for the last four days, contemplating a whole bunch of things that have just been spewing out and coming at me while I'm driving or working or whatever, and also like being overworked, but finally feeling good enough today that I took my beautiful daughter that is just as crazy and beautiful as she is crazy for a not morning morning to some actually but night walk for me specifically out in the freezing temperatures of louisville and while we were randomly talking i just decided why not bring it on air we're just spewing and vamping and rationalizing and theorizing and being our good old jolly selves here this night apparently the 14th but obviously it's going to be throughout the week because that's how we record so yeah i want to bring it onto the air first of all some intense thinking has been being exercised this week along your two wonderful co-hosts and one of them is trying to look at other industries because oh my goodness the trucking industry i feel like i've done it all i worked it's been about five years and i am almost ready to draw it to a close and look for something else and while i was doing research well actually when i say research it means i'm driving in the truck randomly throwing ideas at you Novi, asking you to look up random stuff i found out through you that it doesn't even matter if you want to be bold and change your life up at the, in this day and age. And you want to try OnlyFans or making porn or even becoming like a drug lord. I couldn't believe it, folks. Everyone. I was like, you know what? I'm going to be bold. You know what? That's it. I'm tired. I believe in getting ahead i'm i believe in changing up the conversation and changing up the atmosphere i'm gonna look into different industries to finally free myself of the societal chains and just without 
persecution without any noise that affects me by everyone i'm gonna like do my research and maybe it's google being biased maybe it was novian not looking too much into it you i know i know but the search results that came up was so negative people we legitimately looked up like everything because we just started like from serious inquiries of looking at the porn industry or only fans or something else to deciding to just like have a laugh and be like well okay what about drug lords at this point but we're just doing it for shits and giggles so many people are finally getting ahead and i applaud them but according to google which is not always reliable and the beginning intro research we did you just can't make it in those industries anymore apparently i was astounded i was like wow if anyone is interested in those industries power to you because now you got to climb up that ladder as well and i hate it because it's like everyone has been like negated or expected to not do these things or the fear or you were like basically shunned from society even though in the dark or in the secret like you were getting paid a lot of money for services of obscure industries there was nothing wrong with what you were doing especially because those same hypocritical people were paying you for these services but they would derogatize you in public shame you even though they needed you I guess people finally got smarter and they decided like let's do it and now even all of the companies and all of the industries that are already being controlled and basically continuing the suppression of keeping you down I know that there was suppression in the industries and you had to deal with a lot of bullshit potentially even had to defend yourself against egotistical people that thought that they could use you or your body and get away with like basically rape i don't want to trigger anyone and you were just doing your job whatever that job may entail it's crazy to me now that before there was a market in it even if it sucked maybe there always was i mean maybe you always had to deal with bullshit at the beginning but there was always this i guess false belief and i don't want to sound ignorant to any of those that people listening if you are in those industries i don't mean offense because i actually applaud you and i actually respect you and i have nothing against anyone and i think everyone that's in any industry doing anything job whether obscure or not you are just powerful. I knew that for there was like a lot of bullshit for women. I get it. I have been there in my line of work. In my opinion, it feels like did the pay lower from where it was then when it was more sinful or more uh, not um accepted in society even though that was wrong of society 
but there was more pay involved at least and now that the cost of living and like to survive and to get ahead in any type of way it's like the pay lowered just the way that any pay in any other industry lowered there's this false perception of people thinking oh my god higher wages mean we can live but it's like unfortunately it's they're just going to keep keeping us down because getting the higher wages there's higher cost of living and it's like why the hell can't the fucking cost of living ever just stay the same or go down right cuz i don't get it i just don't understand how we got here i was astounded and i think this crap needs to fucking change excuse my language but this is utter bullshit and then i was even more astounded when you were telling me at the time the reason that all of these things go up in price or the reason that all of anything happens is because of the politicians that we have and i don't want to talk make this episode about politicians or anything i just wanted to give you guys as the listeners kind of a how did you guys get here and people should be made aware i was pretty like bombed maybe we have been misinformed i don't know i'm not going to give up i'm determined to get to the bottom of everything or to get more information because the main reason that we are trying to get ahead is besides getting ahead for us, we want to get things done for the community because if people want to go out and do any industry, trucking or obscure or not, I don't think that you should have to do it in desperate times or devaluing yourself. I think that it should you should come into it with a mentality of completely respecting yourself and understanding that if you're not healthy you can't get shit done. I mean, what do you think, Novian? I know that we've talked about these topics before, but I just I guess wanted to just bring up when we were looking at other industries it's just a little part of the episode that I wanted people to know. And if you are in the industries I'm talking about or you know about an industry that's a good market or something. Another reason why we were looking at it was because if me and, and Novia wanted to start a dispensary, I was astounded because it only cost a few hundred dollars to basically apply for an owner operator, which is basically one of the highest positions you can have in the trucking world because you own the equipment you have or you're rent you're paying a payment and you also have documentation saying that you are your own boss basically but when they legalized THC in the states that they did and me and Novian were looking into opening up a dispensary i cannot believe that it costs for example in Oregon $8,000 and not including a whole bunch of other costs just to start like just to apply you might not even get approved and I'm like oh my god 
The fucking I hail to the dispensers that opened up already because what the hell they put those small business owners through the damn ringer. And then there's no government assistance. All of the banks were like protesting. There's all of this shit going on. It was just bullshit. There was a point in time, according to Google again, <laughs> and articles that Novian was finding, there was a point in time that banks were even protesting from allowing the debit cards of customers to be used at this one industry of business to force the business owner to have to either take cash or find a way around and have to pay for services like at super centers like Walmart pay for that have the money to pay for that to come get a security detail box steel truck people to come pick up the cash that was insane to me the freaking amount of suppression that and lengths that they'll go oh we'll make it legal but you're we're going to give you a lot of loopholes a lot not loopholes a lot of jumping hoops that you're gonna have to do novian what do you think i believe that's ridiculous just like you i'm on your side i i'm with you 100 percent on this one I think it's ridiculous the amounts of money it takes to do anything for these days, to be honest. I mean, to me, as we get older, I just realize the cost of living, it's it's increasing. You see gas prices fluctuating. Right now, the gas has been, what, like a dollar eighty for the past two, three weeks, which has been awesome. You're not spending that much money on gas you're you're saving but i'm like waiting for it to shoot up they keep saying the costs they're gonna go up eventually eventually texas where we're living is going to catch up with the rest of the united states and if our minimum wage doesn't increase we're going to have a lot of people struggling out there because no matter what the cost of living is going to go up prices for things are going to go up it's already happening I mean, you can find dozens and dozens of YouTube videos about people posting about it out there and how we're also getting screwed over by big corporate companies and the government and other and other people who manufacture goods. For example, something as simple as a package of Oreos that is what <clears throat> I believe the video that I was watching said like, three dollars and fifty cents for a package of oreos and it's got about i don't know maybe like 28 cookies in it i'm not sure and he said compare it back to five six years ago uh same package of oreos or supposed to be the same package of oreos is 213 on the shelves it is also containing 39 cookies instead or 40 cookies even so now we're paying more for less and it's supposed to be the same product because they put it on the package same great product a new packaging same original great taste they're claiming it's the same thing but it's not 
And if they're trying to say the cookie's the same, just not the amount of cookies, that's pretty shady of them, and that's a big loophole. But all I've learned in my time of living is that big corporate companies, governments, they love loopholes. It's not ridiculous, you know, the people who are going out there and making these OnlyFans services or other services. Power to them if they want to do that and if they're comfortable with themselves. To me, it's... Like you said, why are they having to do that in the first place? Why aren't people's jobs taking care of people and allowing them to live in a good, healthy, stable manner? To me, our basic rights are we should be allowed food since it's basically necessary for us to survive. Water. And shelter, because we need to take shelter from the elements. We need to take shelter from the cold outside. You know, that's part of the elements. We, From strangers, from other dangers. I think these are things that have just become necessary to live. Even people who are living off the land, they make themselves shelters. They try to find food. They need to get water. It's necessary to survive, and there's price tags on that. And that's why we have homeless people out there who are struggling, who aren't finding food, who are sleeping on benches in 30-degree weather or colder, in the snow, in the rain. We're being charged to live. And if you really think about it, we didn't choose to live. We were all born by our parents' choice. And that's no fault on them at all everyone when they're in love they want to create a family populating the earth it seems like a basic human thing but it's just crazy all the things that we get charged for and then we get upcharged for it's a big domino effect and cycle nothing truly is free anymore america the land of the free i don't see it I think we're a lot luckier than some other countries. We're not in a constant state of war. I think that's good. But civil wars, maybe. Definitely civil issues happening here. Back to the other topic. I think it's ridiculous that people's jobs aren't paying for them to live. And it reminds me of a post I saw on Facebook that a, a common friend we have and you know, shout out to Joelle if you happen to be listening for spreading this awareness because I saw the post and it was right. And it was about an EMT who joined OnlyFans to make ends meet. And then the New York Post shamed her. They said she posted racy content to make ends meet. And they apparently they even named her first and last name, which is just that's such a big invasion of privacy right there but one first of all one who cares if she joined only fans to make ends meet her body her choice why are people so concerned with what other people are doing with their bodies if it's literally not causing any physical mental or emotional harm to you you need to to back off And just chill out. I don't know. Go smoke a freaking joint or something. And secondly. 
they have no right to be exploiting her name like that. And now I'm hearing that she's fearing for her job just because she did this. And I'm not quite sure how the New York Post found out. I didn't read that much into it, how she posted these photos on OnlyFans. But there was a comment there on that post from Alexandria Cortez, our U.S. representative. She left a comment there saying the big atrocity here is that this woman had to make an OnlyFans to meet ends meet. Exactly what I'm thinking. Her job was not able to just help her provide. She had to go out on the limb and do this. Even if it's not something she's embarrassed of, which I don't think she was. She's just worried about losing her job. It is crazy that she's having to work an extra job. And apparently that wasn't the only thing she did. She was also a, a waitress somewhere else or a hostess, I believe, at a restaurant. So she's working three jobs. Because sex work is valid, people. Sex workers are valid. But she's working three jobs to, to live. That's crazy. And you know what? We have friends too. We hear it all the time. Chaos. Personal friends of ours who are struggling, who work three jobs to try to pay rent, to try to main get groceries, pay for their gas in their car, to get to the job. I don't know. I'm like you and saying, if the government reports about unemployment, about people who are living in poverty, why aren't they doing more to help us succeed and overcome these obstacles? People deserve to be able to have one job that helps them pay for living if we're going to end up being charged for it anyway, for life. We should have access to education to help teach us to do these jobs that they want or need people to do. I believe that education should be available to all. I believe that if the world is going to go this route of making us work jobs to live, to be paid, then fine. We need to have the access to learn how to do these jobs that they are creating. And we need to have the proper education. Instead of putting money into all these military weapons companies or whatever the government is doing, there should be money going into the schools, to our children, to our teachers, who are there slaving to try to give these kids the proper education to go on with life. And even then, the classes that we're taking in school, some of them are complete bullshit. I'm just going to say that right now. Besides the basics, mathematics, English, science, history, the four basics, I think other classes should be included in the curriculum that aren't now. People, I think... We need to be learning, at least in high school. I wish I could have taken classes or just educated myself more to be prepared about credit, about taxes, because I'm in my freaking late 20s and I still don't have a fucking clue about how to do my damn taxes. I try to do it over TurboTax every year, but... When I'm filling shit out, do I know what's going on? No. 
Do I know half the stuff it's talking about? No. I'm over here taking my best guesses. And you know, I might be screwing myself out of money. When I've used and gone to other tax professionals to help me, such as like H&R Block or something, do I know what the heck they're doing? No. Do I know if they're scamming me out of money? No. There are things that should be just included in everyday life. You know what I think would just be interesting if there was optional classes like carpentry where people could learn to make houses because houses these days, there's so many people buying homes now. There's so many people doing it. I'm not sure how those people who are working minimum wage jobs, they're getting houses with their spouse. I'm not sure how you guys are doing it, but oh my God, power to you. Give me your secrets, please, because I feel like being able to buy this shelter that we need to live, it's a crazy, it's impossible. And so many people, they end up throwing their money into rent, and that's money that could be going into homes. More needs to be done to help the people of this nation and of the world so that we can have better means of living. And... Just like you said, Chaos, for people like you and me who want to plant our own seeds and start a business, I wish it wasn't so hard to start a business. I guess things have changed throughout the years besides business loans. Something else that was also required was before you can even get a business loan to start up your business, you have to have a certain net worth to yourself. You have to have a certain amount of assets before you are going to be trusted to open this business. And it's like, gosh, man, it's crazy to me, too, because there are people who go to school for this to start being business owners, to start entrepreneuring. How did they do it? I don't know, man. The resources aren't available to us. I wish these things were taught to us at an earlier age so that we could just be aware. I feel like we graduated high school and we've been running out around with uh, chickens without heads. Well, chaos graduated high school. I did not. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But we're running around without chickens that are out of heads trying to learn how, and figure out how to live, how to do better for ourselves. Because yeah, we're not the type of people who just want to be at the same job every time. For us, truck driving has run its course. It is that we feel in our bones. It's just that time for that chapter to close in our lives and open a new one. We want to see the world. We want to travel. Everything, this land, it's all so beautiful. And we want to take the time to go and really appreciate that and try to be in harmony with that. We don't want to be stuck in the same cycle of work, 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 work. You know, we want to find something that we love to do and enjoy, such as the dispensaries, which is our goals. I hope that everyone can achieve that too. And they deserve that. To be able to find something you love to do and do it. I hope it wasn't that hard to get there where you are. And if you did struggle, I hope it was all worth it and power to you. Your struggles were seen. You're strong. And you are beautiful. And you are appreciated. And I hope you get the 
best and that you deserve the best for you. Thank you. You couldn't have said it better, my wonderful co-host. I also wanted to bring up another um, thing that everyone's talking about. And it's like, whoa, what's going to happen? I'm kind of curious. I'm excited. I'm wondering what it'll bring, what it'll manifest. What is it going to energize? um, What kind of momentum are people going to gather from it? Which is the star of Bethlehem is going to resurface. You know more about that process so I'm gonna let you tell the listeners but I can't believe that I mean I can believe it I'm just astounded and amazed that it's gonna make a reappearance and it's like whoa to me because it just it's almost like a sign of solidification how insane this year like woke people up energize people to move and get things changing or going because of how whether we're doing it or not everyone the oppressors are still going to do them i mean science will say like oh well it was bound to happen but i guess i don't i don't really know but i'm just over here like thinking on a magical level did the energy of everyone finally like ending does this have something to do with the star coming i don't know i just couldn't i'm like processing it in my brain i wonder what's going to come i wonder how many people are going to gather i wonder if it's going to be like a big event i'm excited i'm not trying to hype it up or anything but it is pretty magical that this star is going to appear at the end of this year, like almost the 21st day of December. This year is literally (laughs) gonna go in history as no other year in my opinion. I also want to remind everyone of the case going on with my mother, with Laura Flores. I am astounded because since we did the episode, People, update. I have gone through so many freaking thrown for loops, dude, folks, everyone, to get a damn lawyer to give any kind of time of day. I don't know if it's because of COVID. I don't know if it's because of anything. But what the hell? Nobody is taking our phone calls. And I'm just like, are you serious? The Texas Bar Association, all types of civil rights lawyers spanning from Houston to San Antonio. Only one in San Antonio. I'm trying to get in contact with them again. UCLA. All they said they provided was links. We're so at odds, at crossroads. Even Legal Shield, I just spoke to them and they were like, well, let's see if we can help you, blah, blah, blah. But you're going to have to pay up front and who knows if a lawyer will take your case. What the hell is up with that? People! I just wanted to vent on here a little bit and update the audience. 
obviously it is not that easy to get representation even just to get someone to hear the what's going on like everything because obviously we promised you more parts but the core goal for laura flores is to sue the police department of mccallan texas because they failed to do their job they failed to protect her whatever the reason may be no matter like put aside the conspiracies put aside everything else they failed to do their job and no one wants to represent us and i get it like it's not it's hard to manage doing this full time and freaking like while i'm doing the full-time job over here and then while nobody and you're over there like looking up different ways of us like learning how to live and stuff and just coming up with life plans like but even so we are so persistent and determined to help her because no one wants to help her hear her that we're freaking like i'm pulling my hair over here i don't get it what is up with that just wanted to update the audience because I don't know if it's because of Texas. I don't, I don't really know. I mean, and I'm throwing names, yeah, but it is just my experience. I am not claiming that these businesses cannot do their job or that they are incapable. I'm not, I'm not slandering them. But for my mother specifically, they are not wanting to hear her out. And it's easy for you guys to write it off and be like, well, obviously she doesn't have a case or blah, blah, blah. No, it's just corruption, people. She does have evidence and she wants to make a statement and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I'm just in shock because we are in 2020 and all of these uprisings are happening and she cannot even get representation. Everyone's turning us away online because there is no face to face because COVID. So it's a lot easier for I don't know, them to laugh or condescend or something, the offices. I'm pretty sure we're not even talking to lawyers. We're talking to just legal aides and I'm not demeaning them or anything. And I get that it's probably hard or crazy right now, but I cannot believe what is happening. And I'm trying to just manifest something, but I'm just determined not to let this go. Like it gives me more fuel and fire instead of intimidate me or make me not believe her i can't believe it and if anyone else is going through this like please tell us so that we can expose this at least on our little show and maybe eventually somewhere bigger i even contacted channel 4 news because there was a an anchor who did a story on blm and she did a story on civil rights and she did a story she even has a contact info to text her uh s service uh, in the local area claiming that she wants to get to know the people better so I signed up for it because my mother was like can you text her I want to like tell her the story I want to see if I can get coverage so that I can get representation or if someone else is dealing with this my mother became emboldened she's been emboldened forever but she's pressing it harder now because I'm trying to help her with the momentum and um it's not about me it's she's always been this way people and then i never got a response back so yeah that is happening i wasn't able to record it i wish i would have so that you guys could hear for yourselves but i mean you guys could take it or leave it i guess that is a little bit of an update with laura flores
That's right, Chaos. I briefly spoke on this on the last episode. Uh, we're going to get to see what's called a Great Conjunction. Specifically called that when Jupiter and Saturn align. Now, I'm no astrology expert, but I have a small idea about what may be some of the effects. So this conjunction will be falling in Aquarius. Earlier this year, Saturn was already in Aquarius, and we saw the effects of that with the uproar of people coming out to join and ally with the Black Lives Matter movement. The reason for that being is the sign of Aquarius is a sign that represents social change, justice, and bringing out the inner humanitarian in all of us. Now, I don't know about you, Chaos, but I personally can already feel the change in the air within us and with world events, you know, with our new president-elect and vice president-elect. And within ourselves, I mean, we're closing a chapter in our lives and we're opening a new one up. Who knows what 2021 is going to bring? I'm honestly excited. Jupiter is associated with health, wealth, healing, growth, and fun. Saturn symbolizes traditionalness, responsibility, and more strictness. So mashing these two energies together, I believe, is going to bring out progressive change. The change is already reflecting out in the world. But also, if you're not a believer in astrology, it's still an amazing event to behold. Just look to the west after sunset and feast your eyes on the amazing event. A reason I believe it's going to bring about progressive change is look at the timing. Like you said, Chaos, that this conjunction is happening. Yeah, it's happening at the end of a year that I'm sure rocked us all to our cores. 2020 is going to be one for the history books. I can't possibly see how 2020 is not going to go down in history as probably one of the worst years to ever happen. We got our own pandemic. We lived through that. We've been wearing masks since about March. You know, there's so many people who have square sunburns on their face or they have rashes from the mouth you know it's so crazy the world we're living in right now it's chaotic it's crazy it's an unbalanced chaos so especially all of you out there if you're an essential worker thank you so much for all you've done i don't think we'd still be up and running this year if it wasn't for you guys and with the governments opening all this stuff so early whether you were for it or against it, just be safe. Just keep wearing your mask, guys. You're not just protecting yourself, but you're protecting others. And yes, oh my gosh, what a ridiculous task it is to just get a free consultation with lawyers right now. I don't know if it's because of COVID. I don't know if it's, I don't know, maybe because we're nearing Christmas time. But I can't say how many voicemails I've left without any calls back. Very difficult to get a hold of people. Very, very difficult. And yes, update on Mrs. Flores. She is doing well. We are still trying to fight for her. We are still trying to get her the help she needs. Uh, it is, like Chaos said, proving to be a daunting task. But you know what? I think and I believe we'll get there. Exactly what I was just saying about this conjunction. We're headed towards a progressive time. So if that means, in Mrs. Flores' case, for her personal growth and for her health, that means she's finally going to get justice, 
I hope so. But man, do we need an easier system to get legal help or something. And also, the lack of lawyers available for certain issues is astounding. I can't believe how hard it is to just get some help <laughs> or just a consultation of what we could possibly do, what route we should do for Mrs. Flores. But we're not going to stop trying, guys. We're not going to stop trying for her. And if you're interested or you have any useful tips or any info that may be of use to us for her, please reach out to us on facebook.com slash UTWHAC. Let us know in your message. You have some helpful info that may be of use to Mrs. Laura C. Flores. Wow. This week is coming to a close and I'm very shell-shocked actually about some of the discoveries we made, Novian. At the time that we were discussing earlier in the first segment of the episode, we hadn't played around with the idea of literally cracking down on our investigative skills that will be for a later episode speaking more about what we decided to dwell on but i want everyone to know there are literal apps first of all whatsapp says we encrypt your stuff but there is literal apps that are like hey I'm spyware and I can crack WhatsApp and I can crack your Instagram and I can crack anything. And I'm like, what the hell? All of this privacy and protection stuff is literal crap. And when we were over here doing our research and trying to find out just because we are conspiracy nuts, if our phones were being tapped, whether by the NSA or actually more importantly or serious and because yes, the NSA is serious and we do believe in it, but someone else that could potentially be tapped is whatever organization we believe my father, we theorize, may have been involved in at this point. I mean, who knows? Some things to watch out for, couldn't believe it, was the random noises that you hear of static. But the one thing I read that made me cringy when we were looking this up was how it was like, well, these, these are the things to look for, but these could be done by anything else. And I was like, that is such a teaser. It is such like a, hey, and it's like, no, nah, I'm not talking to you. And it's like, what? What do you mean? There's no one else here. You're talking to the leaf? Ugh, anyways. I just wanted to shed some light out while we were doing our beginner investigation into learning secrets that is Mr. Flores himself. And how easy it is to put spyware on someone else's phone the one thing that really upset me though it wasn't even so much like okay we're being spied on no it was it uses your data dude are we made of money like oh ooh. i was like wow and then another tell apparently is like when your phone randomly lights up like it's not being possessed by a demon people it is someone tapping into your phone Ah, yes. The unfolding drama surrounding Mrs. Laura Flores from episode 5. 
What a doozy, man. And I have never felt so much more like a P.I. Another episode indeed. Yes, chaos has a huge point. In doing our research on Mrs. Flores and Mr. Flores, we have discovered that there are many apps that apparently have high ratings on tapping our phones. The number one tapper was called Neat Spy. And what's interesting about that one is they were mentioning it for, you know, want to catch your spouse cheating or see where they're going or some shit like that. I mean, that thing spied on everything you did on that phone. Nothing was private. And it's interesting because you install it on someone's phone and then you can delete the icon, but the app is still active. So the person or you will never even be aware that they are being spied on, that their phone is indeed tapped. And it also gives access to the person who tapped your phone. It sends them info about your logins, your passwords. Don't just think about your social media, guys. Think about your bank account info, your freaking Gmails. Who knows what personal info you got? And now... They've got all that. They can look at all your stuff. You are no longer private. I think it said it does not record your phone calls, but it can see who you've called, for how long you were on the phone with them, and exactly what time, and I think it can see deleted records. That is a huge invasion of privacy, and apparently it's completely legal. How this is possible, I don't know. If I found out that was on my phone, from whoever, I would feel completely violated. I don't know about you guys. And I think doing that to someone else is a huge violation of their privacy. That's ridiculous. If I ever wanted to find out if you were cheating chaos, I would just ask you. Because I know you would totally be honest with me. And I would be totally honest with you. <sighs> yeah. There are apps, apparently, or devices out there that can combat these tapping uh, apps or devices because there's also devices they can implant on your phone there's apps out there that help you tell you if uh, your phone is being tapped problem is some of them are not all that reliable i read that the best way to avoid your phone being tapped is honestly to maybe go to a local spy shop or something maybe you can go check out a best buy it said and it has, uh, there are devices you can have, like software devices. I'm not quite sure. I, I didn't read too much about it, honestly. But uh, there's anti-spyware devices you can have. Sometimes it even blocks, there you go, the electrofrequencies or electromagnetic frequencies that some of these uh, tapping devices use to listen to you, to watch you, to follow you. One way, another way it said to combat this was uh, when you're on the phone, whether it be on a text message or you're taking a phone call, it's said to go near a radio that is on or a TV. Those frequencies will intercept the tapping frequencies and signals and interrupt whoever is listening to you mess up their stuff. I'm, I can't find the right words right now. I'm a little sleepy, to be honest. Chaos, you're mentioning ways you can hear it another way 
you can find out was, this is interesting, you get into your radio or you go to a radio when your phone is on. You don't even have to have it unlocked, just on. You turn it onto a mono station and you put it onto a uh, blank station or you can even put it onto a station that has a preset. If you start hearing interference or static on the radio, there's a good chance your phone may be tapped. So things to look out for, especially if you've got a, you know, maybe just a little bit too jealous girlfriend or boyfriend, or maybe a very concerned parent if you're an underage person listening. But you know what? I really don't recommend you be underage and listen to the show. Besides the NSA listening to us, now we got to worry about potentially people tapping our phones for whatever reason it may be. But yeah, speaking of NSA, of course we believe in the NSA. Like, the NSA is totally, Edward Snowden totally exposed their asses back in, what was it, 2013? I don't remember. Yeah, me and Chaos like to joke around sometimes that we have our own personal (laughs) NSA agent that's like assigned to us for whatever reason. Not like we're that special, but we named him Neil. I feel bad for Neil because... He has to listen to us. I mean, I, I mean, I love to hear you talk chaos, but me, oh my gosh. Some of the things that come out of my mouth sometimes are so random, and I wonder just if Neil's sitting there, and he's just like, oh my god. This guy is just, he's ridiculous. And we laugh about it. I don't know, maybe you, you all have your own Neils. Have you guys ever named your own NSA agents? Or do you guys have scenarios or talk to the NSA agents on your phone? I know for me, when I'm home alone and I'm not doing anything and I'm playing on my Xbox or listening to music, may sound a little bit paranoid, but I sometimes when I'm singing out loud because I'm home alone and no one's listening to me, I will sometimes look at the camera on my phone, which happens to like, for some reason, always seem to be staring straight at me. And I get very paranoid and I turn it the other way around because I'm like, no NSA, not today. And then I remember the cameras on the back and I'll usually like put something to block that camera. And I'm like, no, yeah, definitely not today. But not just the NSA, man, hackers. I have seen too many scary like law and order or freaking criminal minds of those hackers that like just watch you from your cameras that shit's real, man. And that's terrifying. Especially the ones that end up like on the dark web and shit. You've seen those horrible, horrible terror stories of people who receive emails of themselves being filmed or something. And it's like, dude, holy crap. It's scary out there. And it's scary with how technology is advancing because the more technology advances, to be honest, I feel like the boomers that are alive today, I'm I'm becoming a little more and more like, damn, it's getting a little bit advanced. Uh, how the heck does that work? And how is that secure? You know, they say it's safer, more secure, but hey, man, as far as we've come, there's still hackers that are finding their way in and they are, they're violating people's privacy. And it's pretty scary. It makes me always think twice about what I'm doing when I know there are, like, for instance, my phone, my camera. As paranoid as it may sound, you never know. And there have been cases. So for me, I'm never too careful. And I have a habit of tending to 
cover or hide my camera on my phone, on my computer or wherever, whatever. If I know there's a camera, I tend to put something to cover it when I am in the room or from whatever I'm doing. Call me paranoid, but I don't want to be too careful. The last topic I want to talk about before Novian closes the show is truck drivers. We work hard, people. We bring you your stuff and we get treated like crap. And I want you to know, I get it. Some people are mean on the road. But not all truck drivers are rude. Not all truck drivers are mean. I've been driving through Texas, for example, and usually I don't have that hard of a time, but the specific part of Texas I happen to be driving by, I haven't actually been through before. It's astonishing, it's angering, it's frustrating how much I have to weave Bob maneuver and just put up with just so I can get people their stuff. I carry food for people. I carry all types of different stuff that's needed during this pandemic. The disrespect that's been just going on, like let's not even, this isn't even including people like wanting to peek in or mess with stuff on like a worse level. But like the disrespect that goes on in the traffic, man, that that kills me. Road rage is so real. Novian, you are guilty of it. I'm guilty of it. It could be a Texas thing, but it's not a Texas thing because I drive everywhere. And people are so rude on the road all the time. Whether in Tennessee, where I'm sorry, I'm, I'm just going to be 100% real as a truck driver, what I've witnessed. They cannot make up their mind. They stay by you, never passing you, never moving over. You can have your blinker on and they just act like they don't see it for crap. Or in Texas, where the driver can be two miles away coming in hot from the left lane and I can be really close to another driver's ass in the right lane and I put my blinker over to the left sometimes they will do everything they have to make sure I cannot get in the left lane I hate that shit so much in Indiana, where there will always be a line or train of cars and they take forever. They come in really hot and so I wait. But then as soon as they get to the tail end in the left lane of my trailer, they just suddenly take their time to pass me. Not as slow as Tennessee, but oh my god, still unbearable. And they don't give two shits over there. Get to the middle of the of the median to like 
prove your point like besides having the blinker on it is just so annoying to deal with or in new york i wasn't there in the truck but we were there in the pickup and what the hell and i saw the truck drivers have to put up with so much and i just kept shaking my head in illinois in chicago it's just ridiculous but it's not as bad as new york with the way that people find to cut you off to get in line ahead of you there can be a six hour traffic jam and they still want to get ahead of you so they will scratch the sides of their car as they're driving through the shoulder that's barely there just to pass you as they're sticking out sideways their car half in the lane doesn't matter that you honked at them like completely acting like what i can't see or hear you and they know exactly what they're doing acting just dumb sometimes I'll get that aggressive one who looks up at me and just is like so matter of fact that they deserve that. I hate that shit. I hate it. I hate it. Oh my gosh. The ridiculous way people decide to fuck with people on the road. Just to fuck with them. Another thing I really hate is in California, I've seen it a lot in the small times I've been there and the horrible stories that I've heard. For some reason, there's a lot of douchebags in California that they will purposely just fuck with the truck drivers. They break check. I've come across this in a lot of places. If you try to get in the left lane and pass a car oh my god the hell that you will get as a truck driver but i've heard so many scary stories where you don't have to do anything they're just fucking with you because they they can and usually i've heard that it's group of teenager cars but i haven't been over to california too long or too much and so I can only speak like from what I've dealt with and that has happened to me multiple parts of the Midwest and everything else. I have not been in Colorado long enough to formulate an opinion. Wyoming drivers, meh, they can suck. The Wyoming in general, was it Wyoming? I think it was Wyoming that I passed through that one time. Was just like the weather. You couldn't predict it as you were just driving. It was like, what the hell's going on? Kentucky drivers kind of suck. It's not as bad. Oh, oh, oh. One thing that really angers me is it does not matter what state it is. And it does, it's usually in the north, but sometimes it's in Texas. Oh, I 
fucking hate this stereotypical van. It's like a between a 1990s still running like and early 2000s like older like minivan specific to maybe parents that are on a budget so they can't afford top of the line van or I don't know someone else that just like bought a van it's not like a box van or utility van it's a smaller one it'll either sometimes it is like box in shape sometimes or it'll be uh that silver classic one with the maybe like a taxi I don't know but it won't have like taxi logos on it ever but I've seen the taxis do um use the same make and model but there's always this fucking van no matter where I don't know if it's because the damn van is old but the driver will be slow as fuck you get in the left lane and they speed up just enough so that you can't pass them and then you get back in the right lane as like they they do that until they wait for a, a train of cars to come force you as the truck driver to get back into the right lane and then as soon as you do that even though you know what's going to happen next as a truck driver like i know but for you listeners that don't know it's so fucking annoying because they will slow the fucking car down as soon as you get back behind them and they know that you're trapped because you are literally dealing with the truck um the traffic of train cars in the left lane like just a shit ton of cars that came out of nowhere that won't let you back in and you're just stuck i hate that van and then in the daytime turning on your brights to like basically annoy the driver because i've had to do that to defend myself does not work in the daytime one thing i've had to do to get it through to someone's head is like very very annoyingly been on the horn and stayed on it for 10 minutes straight because i'm driving i timed it and i was watching as this fucking van wouldn't stop and i have a a camera i have one so i'm recording all of this and this these vans they're so bold like it's not always a van but whenever i see a vehicle of this nature whether it's like an old like suv or a van of this type it's always a bitch what the fuck another thing i want to bring up is like sometimes in san antonio and laredo i get astounded because you hear these like stories about being careful because there's people that want you to crash into them so that they can get paid easily this can happen obviously for non-truck drivers too but if there are any truck drivers listening i think you know what i'm feeling my pain over here but and that's another reason why we have cameras 
because I don't think that enough of the public is aware unless you're in the industry. You are completely in the wrong and you are always seen at fault. You are never the victim to police. There is a whole separate world of complete and utter corruption, police abuse and brutality, and spectrum of harassment and discrimination. And that is towards truck drivers, especially colored truck drivers. There's so many different series of YouTube videos and etc of what the truck driver has to do to protect themselves when they're recording because the police officer wants to hand you multiple different counts of at-fault tickets and those tickets usually don't just come with okay you you get the ticket and you go no we have so many things that are on the line with our record and everything that those tickets literally mean not only are you paying that lobster meal for that fucking cop and for that fucking car you are also going to lose your license because of how many points get added up per each ticket depending on the category that that policeman decided to add to insult to injury to those tickets not only do you lose your current job, depending on the company you work for, but you're not really hireable for three years and counting. That is insane to me. I have seen it a lot and dealt with it a lot. When I'm on the road, when I see these horrible accidents, when my eyes are clearer than the public's eyes and the policeman's eyes, and I will be able to envision what occurred that that truck driver got into that accident or, or something. You can also tell when the truck driver was tired or not paying attention to the road, etc. There are certain behaviors. And again, not all truck drivers act the same or they have moments where they're not being... The smartest like anyone can make that choice and passenger vehicles or four four-wheeled cars nine times out of ten like that driver has their damn phone out or they're being dumb in another way and I don't know what it is with the public not wanting to respect having random road rage and just Fuck, dude, just doing the stupid shit I've seen on the road, but can we just be nicer on the road? Can we do better or try harder? For truck drivers and for those around you, you're still going 55 miles an hour. The matter-of-fact way, the road rage and the expectancy to be treated like royalty or for you to move away or cower is so ridiculous and you're not only playing with your life in those moments of emotional fits 
You're playing with everyone else's life. I want to do better in this area. This is my experience in America. I've seen here and there how worse it is in Mexico. And I get my defensive driving skills like excrete from my bones. Just thinking about going to another state or going to another uh, country and just driving every single day because I never know, like, is this the last time I'm going to be able to make that money or live or am I going to go to jail? Like, those questions are always on my mind to keep me from doing anything stupid or from losing my license. And there is this stigma and stereotype that everything is the truck driver's fault. It's easy to point the fucking finger. But you wouldn't fucking understand unless you were behind this fucking wheel. Experienced it yourself. And I've seen literal truck drivers get mad and say, Okay, this is the day I'm losing my license on some of the YouTube videos as badasses. And they decide... If they already got into the accident because of the fucking asshole, one, and they weren't able to slow down because their load was heavy, then they decide they're going to take that asshole for a ride. I've seen it. It is brutal. So they say that's it on the video. Tried everything I could do, but today is the day I'm losing my license. And they are going to leave with dramatic effect. Then, yeah, that's when the driver chose. Do not provoke the driver. We still have an 80,000 pound vehicle. And if we decide that we're going to lose our license on that day, you have literally pushed us over the edge. Not, And we are still going to hold ourselves responsible like and be arrested but you still pushed us over the edge and you need to ask yourself is it worth your life because i know if i ever get to that mental state and i say i'm losing my license today my target is killing you person i you have completely ruined my life i hit your damn car i wasn't able to avoid it So I'm going to take you for a fucking ride. Are you ready? That's not a threat. I've just seen and understood where the truck driver is coming from when they decide those words. What about you, Novian? What kind of road rage have you came across or been doing without realizing your consequences well chaos i have to admit that i unfortunately am a road rager myself sometimes not always sometimes i'm not able to control my emotions to the best of my abilities and i get angry and i start cussing and flipping off people of course not outward and openly (laughs) they can see Uh, mostly i do that from my driver's seat and my pickup 
as I'm driving for whatever reason, whether it be someone cut me off or someone is going below the speed limit. Something that triggers me is when people are not even going the speed limit. I cannot stand when, for example, the speed limit says 45 miles per hour and I get behind someone on the right lane doing 30. So then I get into the left lane to pass them effectively. And then the person on the left lane is going like 35, so <laughs> slightly faster, but still not quite there. And I'm stuck behind them going, what the heck, man? I've got to be somewhere. I justify that a lot. I use that as justification. I say, oh my god, these mother effers need to get the hell out of the road. I need to go somewhere. I need to be somewhere now. I got to go there. But I really asked myself when I'm calm, am I really in that big of a hurry? Is it really that important to be in that much of a hurry, to be that angry, to be that much in a rush, to be that erratically switching lanes? Is it worth it if you get into an accident and now you owe a bunch of money on your car? Or you owe a bunch of money because now you owe the other person for their car if it ended up being your fault? Or you're dead because your road rage ended up getting you onto a collision with maybe someone else who had road rage? Because the unfortunate part there too is you never know who you're going to encounter on the road. Another example could be if you start raging and then what you're doing as you're raging causes someone else to rage. And now you've got two idiots who've got tunnel vision, who are just angry, driving erratically on the road because now they're both ignited and they're both triggering, triggering each other. You know, that sets up for something terrible, if not immensely could have it sets it up for something terrible and it sets it up for something bad to happen potentially for something that both drivers could end up having responsibility for i'm trying to control my road rage i definitely want to learn to control my emotions more to not get the best of me because thinking about it right now that i'm calm and level-headed I do not want the death of me to be because I was so fucking angry that someone cut me off that I suddenly started speeding or trying to recut them off and like I crash and die. And then my family has to get the phone call. And when they find out the cause of death, it's completely my fault because I got angry on the road or or someone else got angry on the road. I think that's a very now thinking about it over the years, I think it's a dumb way to die. <laughs> if you really took a breath when you're about to explode, if you can, if you can get that handle on yourself, which I've been trying to do is take a breath and you really think to yourself, is it worth it? Or is it worth it to just drive the speed limit safely, not angry, so that you can get to your destination safely and on time? I'd rather arrive alive then I guess on time that's just something I started telling myself you want to arrive alive and a bit late or do you just not want to arrive at all for whatever reason whether it's because you got into a deadly car crash 
or because now you're stuck giving a police report, talking to insur your insurance company because now you owe money, whether it be on your vehicle or the other's person's. You've screwed yourself out of money there. Nobody likes to lose money. But, I mean, it happens every day. And I think if hopefully if people could get a better handle on their emotions, maybe that's not it for everybody. I'm not sure. Everyone is different. Maybe something that triggers someone else with road rage triggers another differently. Maybe there's just people who are just angry in general to be on the road because... There's some people, I think, that just wake up because I've seen them pull out of their house like if they're a rocket trying to get to the moon. And I'm just like, where are you going, man? Where are you going that you couldn't wait for this whole line of traffic that was already so close to you that you needed to pull out of your driveway right here and now, almost causing an accident, us having a break for you. So that you could pull out, you know, there's people like that, that just don't give a damn, in my opinion. They go about in their day thinking they own the road. People like that, <laughs> that's where my road rage gets triggered too. Because I see people driving like that who think they own the road. I get this overwhelming sense of like, oh wow, I would love to ram my pickup truck right into their ass or something <laughs> something that i would say teach them a lesson but in the end it's not my te my lesson to be teaching it's a lesson that these people have to learn on their own and i believe maybe the universe and karma will set it up so that that person receives the lesson but it's definitely not my lesson to teach it's not your lesson to teach it's not anyone else's lesson to teach when you're in the car or whatever you're driving, I hope everyone's just driving safely, takes their time, and just remembers better alive and late than never. And yes, Chaos, you have such a huge point. And I admit, I was part of the population that before I began truck driving, I did give truck drivers a bit of shit on the road in that I would get so angry because they were so slow. And now I understand, well, they're heavy equipment vehicles. They're 80,000 pounds. Of course, it's hard to move 80,000 pounds. Not just that, but drivers need to be cautious because all the merchandise in the back of their trailer, they can't just be taking off with their foot on the pedal or they can't just be braking erratically because most of the time, if that merchandise in the back of the trailer gets broken or for whatever reason, the customer doesn't want it because it looks like maybe it was thrown around with the driver driving erratic, they'll deny those that merchandise and you won't get paid for your load. and Or you have to pay for something in the merchandise that broke and that stuff is not cheap, guys. Sometimes some of the stuff drivers are hauling could be as expensive as freaking ATVs. That's a lot of money to pull out of your ass and out of nowhere. And a lot of responsibility gets put on CDL drivers to take care of this load that their job is supposed to transport it. But if anything breaks, if you get into an accident, if 
something falls off the pallet, even though they did not load it nor create the pallets. And that was the forklifter's job. All the driver's job is to do is transport it. They still get charged, you know. There's a lot expected from semi-drivers. And I understand to a point. Yes, they're hauling these big, heavy pieces of equipment. So, I don't know, I guess people expect them to be like, professional drivers on the road but let me just tell you the honest truth people these truck driving companies they hire people they give them the minimal training at least that's what i've heard from almost every trucking company out there trucking industry is a shark and it's full of sharks and you're basically thrown to the sharks so I know for me personally, when I decided to get my CDL license, I trained with a, a, per, a trainer who trained me one-on-one. -on -one, and I got about three to four weeks of training. Two weeks were spent learning how to, you know, shift gears, get used to the size of driving a tractor trailer, 53 foot plus the tractor. You're a long thing, you know, uh, learning the road rules for us, learning about my weight, because we do have weight limits. 80,000 pounds is the max we're allowed to weigh. And if we go over, we need permits. And yes, there's many, 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 many semi drivers out there with permits or who are hauling hazardous materials, also called hazmat loads. So you got tanker drivers and the interesting thing is that to drive each vehicle, whether it be a dry van, a reefer trailer, a flatbed, a straight truck, they all require different skills. They all require these drivers to have different certifications to know how to drive these trucks. And with these special trailers, sometimes doubles and triple trailers, if you've seen them, it's not easy. That book that you read, it's a lot of information to take in. And then they got to go take the test. They're very, they become very knowledgeable about the road and the rules. And it's funny because, in my opinion, and this could be biased because I was a truck driver. But for me, personally, ever since I started truck driving, I believe it made me a safer driver. One, because they instill it in you. Oh my God, truck driving is about safety, 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 safety. But it's not like the kind of safety you would think. It's not just about safety for your well-being. Safety includes do not drive over your limited time, which is you're only allowed to drive 11 hours a day with a 30-minute break in between. If you surpass 11 hours a day, your safety is going to be on your ass saying, hey, you've committed a violation. But the sad truth here is, is safety may not be calling to tell you, hey, you're driving past 11 hours. You should pull over because you might be getting drowsy or sleepy now. It's more like, hey, you pass your 11 hours and if you get a ticket and get caught, we look bad too, and we receive those CSA points with you. And the more we receive CSA points, the more we look bad. So stop making us look bad 
And if you're going to be driving illegally, just don't get caught or something. <laughs> Truck driving is a trip. In it's changed me. It's changed who I am. The way I approach managers, jobs, the way I communicate. Right now, I'm currently looking to go back to a regular job just because I got bored being home and I want to help contribute to the tiny home that we want in the end. I gotta say, doing the interviews, it's a whole different experience for me because Back when I, before truck driving and I was just applying at retail or whatever it is I was working, I felt so like, I don't know, I had this mentality of, I'm just the worker, they're the boss, they're going to tell me what to do. And I had like a 100% leave it to the boss thing, I was 100% obedient, I didn't question a lot of things, even if it was hurtful to me. For example... Staying way past clock out time, not getting proper sleep. But again, working at Walmart is another, it's, it's another story for another episode. Because man, I could rant about Walmart all day long. But right now, we're ranting about trucking. And I can also rant about that for a while. I have a sense of self-respect now. When I first went into truck driving, I had my retail mentality. I'm just a worker. They're going to tell me everything to do. But you start to realize because truck driving is, is very different from retail or fast food or anything. You're kind of your own boss. You're kind of your own boss. You've got to take care of yourself because the only thing that connects you to your manager is a phone. You're on the road out there by yourself driving in adverse weather conditions, dealing with these road raging traffic or, traffic or, or something else. On the road, you never know what you're going to encounter. And you got to be ready for anything and everything. Because, man, it sucks. Some of the things you get put through out there. I, I worry for my wife, Chaos, who is out there dealing with these things. And I hear the mental and emotional toll it takes on her dealing with these things. It's stressful. She worries. What if today's the day I lose my license because someone cut me off? What if today's the day I lose my license because who knows what can happen on the road? And I, in my personal opinion, the amount of blame they place upon drivers, truck drivers, even for accidents that aren't their fault, that is to me something ridiculous. And that actually contributed to my decision to leave the industry because the sad part is it's very easy to lose your license. And then once you got no license, you can't drive. What do you do? You're screwed. It's scary. I guess a good example of what I'm talking about is literally every any job I've had for trucking, no matter what company it was, no matter what the job duties were, 
There's one common thing I found in all my truck driving jobs, and that is they teach you and they drill it into your head. If something happens, you are automatically at fault. In that DOT officer's head, you're the big truck driver, you are the culprit. To the four-wheelers, which means the regular passenger vehicles, they see an 18-wheeler, they think you are the enemy on the road. Though that may not be true for everyone, I believe the reason they teach it is because, unfortunately, for the majority, it's true. I don't know, when you're driving the semi-truck, you've got a big target painted on your back, and a big portion of that target is DOT officers, which are state troopers specifically for CDL. They specifically deal with CDL issues. They specifically deal with people who have a CDL license, whether it be CDLA or CDLB or whatever. An example of that being, you could be driving, going the speed limit in the semi-truck. You're staying in your lane, You're not doing anything to bother anybody. Let's say you're getting near an on-ramp or an off-ramp. And this is something that happens very commonly. And I think it needs to stop. And if you're one of the people who does this, oh my God, what the hell? So truck drivers are taught that we must stay in the rightmost lane. And if there's a sign that says so, the two rightmost lanes. But for us, the middle lane or the second rightmost lane is our passing lane because trucks are not usually permitted on the leftmost lane because that is the fast lane for cars to pass the trucks. Let's say I'm going 60 miles per hour and the speed limit is 60 miles per hour on the rightmost lane. Now, there's either another semi or other passenger vehicles to the left of me on the middle lane and if this is a three-lane highway and then we've got cars on the leftmost lane right we're getting to a oncoming ramp where there are vehicles merging on now me being in the rightmost lane and i cannot get over because there's either a truck or passenger vehicles in the left lane i slow down because The reality of it is, is the people uh, who are merging onto the highway are supposed to yield. Not like they ever do, though. Yes, that is a rule. If you took just regular Class C driver license, it's not just truck drivers that know that. I remember that when I was 16 taking driver's ed. You're supposed to yield getting onto the highway. And for some reason, people don't do that, man. They think they have the right of way just to get on the highway. And a lot of these people merge onto a highway where people are going, for example, 60 miles an hour, like me. But they're coming on the highway going 40. So now I've got to brake even harder. And that can smoke my semi-truck's brakes. Why? Because I weigh 80,000 pounds. Do you know that a semi-truck weighing 80,000 pounds takes the entire length of a football field to slow down past 55 miles an hour? And if 
That's at 55. And if they're going faster, even worse. That's a lot of time to slow down. And if that car going 40 miles an hour decides to slow down in front of them or me or doesn't speed up and I have no reaction time, I'm sorry. But at that point, I have no control because I'm braking. I'm trying my hardest not to rear end you. But man, 80,000 pounds being held back with a foot pedal going 60 miles an hour. It even happens in cars. If you brake too hard when you're going fast, you screech, you come to a halt, but your car... Come on, common sense, guys. And trust me, it's never a good day when an 18-wheeler is coming at you, trying to slow down from behind, and you cut them off at the last thing you see in your rearview mirror. It could very well be the last thing you see at all in your life. Like I said, 18-wheelers, they're heavy pieces of equipment, guys. They're semi-trucks. They're 80,000 pounds. I don't know how else to stress it. 80,000 pounds slamming into a little tiny car? It can demolish it. If you got anyone in that backseat, you got kids? They're most likely gonna die. I wish people thought about these things as they're driving. A lot of the times, being a semi-driver, you're up there, you're up high, you've got a good view of the land because you're so high up. I can't count how many times people have passed me. They're brake checking me. They're driving just stupid. Going side to side in the lanes or something. And I look into their rear window. Guess what I see? Boom. Phone in hand. And you know what? They have it down below because they're trying to hide it. They don't want people to see that they're texting and driving. They don't want a cop to catch them. But you know what? Because they have it so low now, they're looking basically all the way down. Their freaking eyes are not even close to being on the road anymore. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this person is going to cause an accident. And they got right in front of me. So what do I do? I either slow the hell down and get the heck away from that person or merge over to the left. But for some reason... I guess because people see a semi-truck. There's like this personality change within people, whether it's consciously or subconsciously. People will pass a semi-truck, get in front of the semi-truck, start texting or they get distracted or for some stupid reason they slow down. And I'm thinking, why did you just pass me if you were going to slow down? The point of passing me on the left lane is so that you pass me and go past, and not to just get in front of me, slow down, and now I end up on the left lane trying to pass the car that is now going way more slower than me because a good chunk of the time on the highways, semi-drivers are most likely going to be on cruise control. Why? It saves us on fuel. Fuel consumption is a big thing for semi-drivers, especially because some companies only allow us to fuel at certain locations. It's very rare for me where I had my foot on the pedal and my speed could have potentially been fluctuating. On the highway, if traffic permits, I'm on cruise control. And this particular day I'm speaking of, I was on cruise control. I was going maybe about 65 miles per hour. I had a texter cut me off, slowed down immensely in front of me, went go, 
Past me with flying colors. Must have been going 70 miles an hour, 75. Gets in front of me. Suddenly, I'm catching up to this person. And I'm still going 65. Nothing changed in my speed. Obviously, they did. Why? Could have been because they were distracted looking at their phone. Or there's just some people who like to break check semis because you're right. They're looking for a lobster dinner. I don't know why people really like to play with fire with the semis, man, because I've seen it go wrong. In a split second, man, a semi truck will crush your ass. Then what paycheck are you looking forward to if you're dead, huh? Maybe you've helped out your family, but you ain't going to be there to enjoy those riches that I'm sure most of those people really wanted to enjoy. Anyway, get cut off by a texter. Slows down in front of me. I get into the middle lane, which is my passing lane as a semi-truck, not into the leftmost lane, which, first of all, to merge over to any lane for a semi-truck, cars do not want to let semi-trucks in. Why? Maybe because they see, oh, that guy's slow, I don't want him in front of me. Yeah, maybe they are slow. Trucking companies cap, or it's called governing, they govern the speed of the trucks, which means they put a limit on how fast the trucks can go because of these safety reasons. They believe truck drivers shouldn't be going past a certain speed, but every company is different. So some truck drivers go like 80 miles an hour. They might be an owner-operator and own their own truck and they don't have a governing speed limit. Or their company didn't put their speed limit at 80 miles an hour. Some companies put their trucks governed at 55 miles an hour and still expect those trucks to go on the highway. An example, I guess, would be not to like in a bad way, but trucking company Prime. If you see a Prime Inc., uh, they're a starter, a starter trucking company, and I believe they cap their trucks out at 60 to 62 miles an hour. Very slow, very difficult to pass. I myself have encountered these slow prime trucks and as annoying as they are they're going as fast as they can anyway sorry i keep getting away from the story so now i'm on the middle lane which is my left lane to pass this car who passed me and then slowed down then this driver realizes hey didn't i just pass that semi truck looks at me in the mirror like Hell no, this slow-ass bitch is not passing me. It's suddenly like a competition or something. Then they magically speed up again. And either I can't get back into the right lane because now traffic is passing me on the right. Which, in a semi-truck, guys, please, 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 please do what you can to not pass a driver on the right. I would say being on the right side of a semi-driver is kind of the scariest place you could be. Why? You've reached a blind spot we have. Sometimes, no matter how we position our mirrors, because the mirrors on a semi-trucks are built to give us as much visibility as possible, they just can't get to some places, guys. And a majority of the accidents I see happen are when a semi-driver tries to get back into the right lane because to them, they see... Oh, I don't see a, a car there. It must be empty. So they merge back. And then, boom, you hear a hit. And there's a car there. That car was just taking its sweet-ass time for some reason in the right lane. 
to pass, and they ended up in the semi-driver's blind spot. Yeah, maybe it wasn't that driver's fault because he was just driving in the right lane, but if you can avoid it, don't get on the right side of a semi. And if you're behind a semi, don't tailgate because if you cannot see their mirrors, we cannot see you. And that means if we suddenly break for whatever reason and you're tailgating us and you slam into our trailer, the chances of us even feeling that could be slim because we're all the way in the front. I've gotten a blowout tire on my trailer and I didn't even notice because it's all the way back there. I can't hear it. I can't see it. My mirror has limited visibility. Anyway, drivers like that who pass, slow down, and then speed up again. I absolutely loathe drivers like that. It's I mm, whew, ridiculous. Getting me a little upset just talking about it. I wish the FMCSA and the government put a little more slack on semi-drivers. There's not everyone is perfect, guys. Just like some of you are going, well, I'm not that passenger vehicle driver that drives erratically or like shit. Or maybe some of you are going, <laughs> yeah, that's totally me. Remember, it's not just your life you're playing with. It's other people's lives. It's almost like the mask thing, if you ask me. Everyone wants everyone to wear masks because it's not just their lives they're putting at risk. It's everyone else. Same thing with the roadways. When you get on there, you got to be a defensive driver. You're not just defending yourself, but your defensive driving could save someone else. For those of you out there who are thinking, nah, fuck truck drivers. They're useless. We don't need them. Are you wearing clothes right now? That was delivered by a truck driver. You going to eat today? It was delivered by a truck driver. You're on your way right now to go have awesome fucking sex. And you need some lube or condom or something. It was delivered by a truck driver, man. Everything is transported in transportation. I don't think people realize just how critical truck drivers are. And I'm not saying they're the most important job out there. Everyone plays a role. Especially right now in this pandemic, the drivers, for example, like Chaos, who are doing these COVID-19 loads, which have no time limit restrictions, and this is the only one time where they can violate their hours of service. They're driving more than 11 hours a day. That's crazy. There's so much fatigue involved, stress, and I listen to chaos go through that, and I'm thinking, man, she's not getting paid nearly enough for all this responsibility and shit they put on her, no other, other drivers are not getting paid nearly enough, people in America are not getting paid nearly enough, to be honest, and I'm sure this is not the only, like, job where people are saying, well, I do a lot. I deserve to get paid more. You probably do. But again, that's another story for another episode. So if you're driving down the road and you see a semi-truck, the best thing you could do for that driver, me speaking as a semi-driver, honestly, honestly, don't tailgate. Don't hang around right beside them on the right or left lanes. If you're going to pass them, 
I would say pass them as quickly as possible because even though they're bigger than you, they're more scared of you than you are of them most of the time. And when I say most of the time, I mean drivers get sweaty when there's a car that sticks next to them too long because something else a lot of passenger vehicles don't realize is that we're a big box and for some reason wind has a huge impact on that trailer. And if the wind hits the side of that trailer a little hard and kind of sends it into the other lane, because yeah, it does that sometimes without our control, trailer will be moving around side to side based on how heavy the wind is. And if you're that car just chilling out next to the driver taking your sweet time to pass, and that trailer whips over into your lane and slaps you, you're going to lose control so fast, you're going to fly, it's going to be... A very bad accident. So my recommendation, if you want to be an ally to truck drivers, stay as far away from them as possible. Pass them as fast and safely as you can. Do not brake check them. Get the fuck off your phone if you're driving in general. Be a defensive driver. Don't merge unless you've looked and made sure it's clear to merge. Don't... you. Leave truck drivers room. The one thing I always see that is a big accident. People merge in front of truck drivers without leaving them enough room. And then when they break or something, that's what happens. A truck driver slams into you. We need an entire football field at 55 miles an hour. Most highways and expressways are 60, 70, sometimes even 80 miles an hour. That's a long ways of needing space to break. And you cut a semi-driver off and you are not far away enough. That's terrifying. So my advice there is if you're going to pass a semi and merge back into the lane it was, leave the length of another semi-truck before you merge. Trust me. That truck driver is going to look at you and say, uh -huh, that guy's fucking smart. <laughs> he left me room. And try to maintain that gap. Leave a gap, guys. Because you don't want to look into the rearview mirror and see that giant grill coming at you because you brake check that driver. Or let's say it's the worst case scenario and that driver's distracted. Leave yourself an out. Because, yeah... Not all truck drivers are perfect. I've seen other semi-truck drivers who have their own road rage or who are texting on their own or they're driving groggy and sleepy or they're just not paying attention. It happens. Nobody's perfect. But you can do your part yourself by being a defensive driver. I think we're going to leave this episode here. Thank you so much for listening, guys, to episode 8 of Universal Talks with Harmony and Chaos. If you haven't already, please check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash U-T-W-H-A-C or Utwack. Find us on Instagram. Find chaos at absolute chaos. Find me at Novian Matter. Give us a follow. Message us if you have any comments, questions, or you just want to talk in general. Also, if you have any information for Mrs. Laura Flores in episode 5, please message us, guys. 
any help or information contributes. Thank you again. You guys have a wonderful, wonderful week. This is me, Novian Matter, signing off. See you guys later.